0: It's plenty to talk about. Lots of good conversation on this Friday, February 24th. It includes the latest in R. Kelly's sentencing, plus what's being done in Washington about toxic hair products. We want to welcome you to Foxhole's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And
1: I'm Nicordelai-Corte, plus what one woman did at a Popeyes that now has her behind bars, and what Rihanna has planned for her fans following her Super Bowl performance. They're the stories that impact our people.
0: Our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get to the top of today's conversation. It takes us to New York with a family of a 19-year-old gay black man found dead on train tracks in New York, demanded answers, and justice at a vigil held last night. DeAndre Matthews disappeared earlier this month after borrowing his mom's car. Now, police say he was uh, found a few days later, shot in the head, his body was burned, and it was left on freight train tracks in Brooklyn. His death has been ruled a homicide. No arrests have been made, and the case remains under investigation. Excuse me, investigation. Matthews was studying criminal justice at a local community college and was described as calm, silly, uh, and a friendly person. And his mom went on to say that he was just a beautiful soul, uh, never had uh, issues uh, with the law, uh, and uh, she was just devastated to get the phone call. They found the abandoned car first um, by way of a tracking system, and that wasn't good news because the car was damaged, it was burned, and he was found uh, hours later. It's just a a tragic story. It's a tragic story, but it's also a
1: reminder of the hate crimes, the uptick in hate crimes that we've seen across the country. Um, You know, even his, his mother, Uh, And his sister believed that this was a hate crime. Mm -hmm. When I first read the story, uh, it seemed, it appeared to me to to show signs of being a hate crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's a reminder that if you are black and gay, black and LGBTQ uh, in communities across the country, you're feeling that anti-black hate, that anti-LGBTQ hate. Mm. Um, I could not imagine uh, receiving the phone call uh, that, you know, your son, you know, has been shot in the head and thrown onto a train track. And so, Mm. uh, you know, this is a stunning reminder, you know, of uh, the hate and the violence that's out there.
0: No suspects. Uh, Of course, we don't have a motive just yet. So this is one of those stories that we'll have to uh, stay on top of.
1: That's right. Well, in Nashville, Tennessee, there's a bill that's in the final steps of becoming law that would criminalize certain drag shows and ban transgender therapy for children. The law would make Tennessee the first state to ban public drag, which could also affect LGBTQ pride celebrations and transgender people who are in shows of any kind. There are currently 20 bills in 15 U.S. states aimed at drag queen performances. The drag bill heads to the Senate for one final vote on a last-minute amendment. The children's transgender therapy ban heads to the governor's desk. So
0: what do you think the fear is, Nicodela? What's the fear? I
1: mean, you know, in the end, you know, this bill prevailed on a party-line or a near-party-line vote Mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the, the bill to ban transgender therapy. Representatives uh, Yusef Hakim of Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Representative Joe Towns Jr. of Memphis, Representative Antonio Parkinson, also of Memphis, they joined every single Republican to vote for this bill. And so, you know, oftentimes when we report on this, we think it's just folks on the right. It's just Republicans that are behind these anti-LGBTQ bills in Tennessee there are democrats mm-hmm. you know that are supporting this and this endangers children i was just saying you know in, in with the with regard to the case in brooklyn mm-hmm. Uh, you know that there are a lot of black and LGBTQ kids out there that are having to endure a lot of anti-black hate and anti-lgBTq hate and bills like this don't make
0: it easier well for me you know I love a good drag show uh you know I, you know I spent a lot of time in Miami on, on, on the strip and so from from that aspect I, I it's great entertainment I think that the participants are just extraordinary uh, performers how they embody of uh, you know the the art Artists that they that they imitate and emulate. I think it's a it's an art form. The makeup is extraordinary. The facade is extraordinary, and and I just enjoy it. So I don't understand why people are having a hard time with with drag. It's it's a it's an art form. It's a form of expression and the illusion. They're like, like illusionists, and they are they're incredible. So you know, if you ask me, it's a good time. There's a place in Chicago I used to always go to. Uh, anytime you, you you visit Miami Beach, you can get a good drag show. I enjoy it. I don't I don't see what the, the riff raff is all about? It's no different from somebody being a rapper, somebody being a skateboarder, somebody being a ventriloquist. I don't know. I just, I just don't understand why there is just such such rage behind what I would consider artistry and entertainment yeah but what is so
1: upsetting is that you have folks that believe that that drag queens make us unsafe that drag queens are doing Mm. something untoward that that you know drag queens are somehow grooming kids Mm. uh to do inappropriate things and that's not the case it is so absolutely infuriating to see folks going after folks that are just performing in drag, you know, or young kids, you know, that are transgender, that you know are just looking to get the therapy they need to be who they are, to be who they are. And so, you know, uh, uh, while this bill is making a lot of progress in Tennessee, um, you know, I hope that it is. Uh, the last bill that we see and not uh, the first of many well, to come. F-
0: well, for me, when a drag queen can do Diana Ross better than Diana Ross, that, that is something to see. All right, moving on here, R. Kelly will remain in prison until he is at least 80. U.S. attorneys wanted an extra 25 years on top of the 30 he's already serving, uh, but the judge only added one more here. That judge also sentenced him to 19 years, but that will be served during the time, of the same time he's in prison for New York charges. Now, this means R. Kelly will be serving 31 total years. Kelly was convicted last year. You may remember in a Chicago federal court for child pornography and enticement charges. His attorney says uh, she will appeal the decision not only in Illinois, but also in New York. Kelly is still facing an indictment in Minnesota. And when we were talking earlier about uh, his his case, we were trying to, you know, it goes back to that argument or that debate. Can you separate uh, the music uh, from the man? Um, I know when, when when this story broke. I was I was doing radio and television, more radio than TV, and radio was like we're done with the music. You know that we can't play this music anymore. Radio hasn't gone black. Radio hasn't gone back to R. Kelly. But every now and again, you know you're at a family get together. You know you had a holiday soirée, and you go hear R. Kelly record every now and again. At least I have on people's playlists. So I think it's still a hot hot debate uh, in in our culture, in our community. Can you separate the man from the music, people? have grown up on that music. Babies have been born to that music. It's a part of your soundtrack, you know, in, in particular uh, areas uh, and times of your life. And for some people, it's a no-go, and for others, it's like, I'm going to still enjoy his music.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I think if, if- if there wasn't such a, a, a large volume of charges against R. Kelly, cases against R. Kelly, there's been the Illinois case, there's been the New York case, we're hearing that there's a Minnesota case, right? Uh, and all this points to him being sort of a serial sexual predator. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, it's become harder and harder and harder for those of us that may have some R. Kelly on, on, on our phones, you know, in our, our music libraries. We may have it on shuffle and occasionally... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, here, step in the name of love or something else. You know, it, it, it's becoming harder and harder and harder to separate the artist from the predator. Well,
0: that's that's what you say, but there are definitely some people and some fans out here who still celebrate him, you know, as an artist, who, you know, his birthday rolls around. You'll still, I mean, i lived uh, in Chicago for 12 years, so on my feed, there's a lot of folks who, you know, wish him happy birthday and shout out to him every now and again. I see his friends still post about him. So there are some folks who, who are either seeing past it, um, or uh, know that it's 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 there and it doesn't bother them as but much. But I would
1: argue a lot of the folks that were part of mute R. Kelly, mm-hmm. you know, are probably on the side of the ledger where it's like, you know what, it's becoming harder and harder to listen to his music. This guy is problematic, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you know, I'm with them. It's 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 hard to listen to him. This is this is madness case after case after case. Uh, But moving along, a pregnant woman in Florida is arguing that she should be released from jail pending her murder trial because her unborn fetus is innocent. 24-year-old Natalia Harrell is accused of fatally shooting 28-year-old Gladys Borcella during an argument inside an Uber vehicle last summer. Ms. Harrell, who was six weeks pregnant at the time of her arrest on second-degree murder charges, is currently being held at a Miami-Dade correctional center. Now, Courtney, Ms. Harrell's attorney uh, told sources that an unborn child has rights independent of its mother even though it's still in the womb and he went on to say that the unborn child has been deprived of due process in the law this incarceration uh, and so uh, this is presenting a really uh, tricky case you know for authorities in Florida, because, Mm. you know, essentially, you know, if if the defense is successful in this motion, you know, then what does that mean for other pregnant women that are incarcerated? Right. You know, do they have rights? And on top of that, do their unborn children have rights as well?
0: Well, for at least nine months, that baby is going to be housed inside of that mother who has violated the law. Uh, and who has to, you know, uh, face that. And so uh, I hear the argument. It's a very interesting argument. But right now, that baby uh, does not live on the outside, if you will, of that mother. And right now, I think, you know, it's the mother uh, dealing with her transgressions. Uh, And, you know, as that pregnancy moves along and that baby comes on out, maybe there's there's room for some sort of argument there. But right now... (laughs) I don't see it.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't I don't see it either. I don't see it.
0: All right, Washington State joins other U.S. states in banning toxic chemicals in cosmetics after a state funded study found that chemicals could be particularly problematic for women of color. You don't say. We've been talking about this here on Fox Black Report. Now, the study identified preservatives such as formaldehyde and contaminants like lead and arsenic in cosmetics, which have been linked to damage of the brain and nervous system. CoverGirl, Foundation, and other products containing toxic chemicals are banned and in Europe. Uh, several other states, including California and Colorado, have already taken steps to ban harmful chemicals in cosmetics, as federal regulators have limited authority over the issue. And it's not just cosmetics. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a, just a myriad of hair care products. There's uh, these videos running now on social media, um, and, they, and they pretty much um, dial into black mm-hmm. women and the products that we use on our hair. And so you see the person turning the ingredients around, highlighting the particular ingredient that is toxic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or is known to cause, um, you know, cancer and, and, and other um, ailments, if you will. And they also list how these products are not allowed in certain countries. So, you know, when you when you think about it, it you know, there's a lack of humanity in regards to putting these uh, products out here that contain these ingredients. And I think just the bottom line is greed, because if you don't care, if there is no humanity, you're not going to care about, you know, the effects. And I think it's all based in greed. And, and, and we know what America is known for. It's, it's like you know it's money 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 it's all about the bottom line and if these products are out here with these toxic chemicals Mm. and they know that it's going to do the damage
1: but you know, my rule of thumb is, hmm. you know, when you purchase products for your hair, you know, try and purchase the products that have the least amount of chemicals that are listed but in there. But usually
0: those are the more expensive ones. So, they, you know, some, sometimes it's... it's a, sometimes
1: it's they a, are, but sometimes they're not. I have stuff in my cabinet that doesn't have a lot of ingredients and it isn't all that expensive. But, you know, you're right. I mean... You know, these products, the long-term effect of these products, whether we're talking about hair mm-hmm. products or, or makeup, I mean, a lot of the stuff isn't natural. Mm-hmm. And so it's no surprise, you know, that uh, we have reactions to them, sometimes very latent. I mean, remember the whole baby powder thing? Mm-hmm. You know, Johnson & Johnson got in a whole lot of trouble mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. uh, a series of lawsuits, I think a class action mm-hmm. lawsuit, you know, for a lot of people that have been using the powder, you know, in their sheets and, you know, dousing themselves well, with powder. Well,
0: it's marketing and promotion, um, you know, as, as, but, and condemnation as to what we are what we what we're taught this product is supposed to do for us but and the trust we have in the product
1: but sometimes we don't know the long-term effects of that and so there, mm-hmm. there are folks that are alleging that the connection between that powder uh, and ovarian cancer or mm-hmm. other forms of cancer mm-hmm. and so I'm just saying you know we never know and so in the meantime look for less products listed uh, on your favorite product that's all I'm saying Well, moving along, new data from Pew Research Center shows that 63% of men under 30 are electively single, up from 51% in 2019. (laughs) Researchers relate this trend to social media and online pornography, close your ears, mom, Uh, which allow young men to satisfy their (laughs) desires without leaving home. Men also prefer alone time due to the COVID-19 epidemic. Nonetheless, nearly one in five American men have no close friends. I couldn't believe that. Suggesting a wider problem of isolation and loneliness among young men and women. Women, on the other hand, uh, they have prioritized emotional relationships and friendships. What say you, Courtney Hicks? Um,
0: you know what? Listen, listen, during my single days, I always knew I was a wife. I always knew that was for me. And I feel that as far as my maturity and my, 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 um, wisdom. uh, I felt like I was I was already a wife before I met my husband. That's why this transition has been, for me, seamless. But I dated guys who I thought were just great marriage material. I thought maybe we were on the same page, and they just they just wanted to be single. They were just not the marrying type, and it had nothing to do with maybe a crazy background or a horrible relationship with their mom. They just preferred to be single, and a lot of that hurt because I just couldn't understand. Hey, we're two great people. Let's get together. Let's make this life happen, and if, if a guy is not ready or if that's not what he wants, especially with, or, you know, it, it, you could have same-sex relationships, you could be in the same situation, but if someone is not ready, there is nothing you can do to make them ready, and so you have to make that decision to say, you know what, you know, I really like this person a lot, I'm really, they, they smell good, they got the, everything's together, they just do it for me, and, but sometimes you just have to move on, because you're not going to get them ready until they're ready, if they're ever ready, and there are some people out there, men in this particular case, who just prefer to be
1: single. Yeah, but I mean I also think it's not unusual for men under the age of 30. So 63% of men under the age of 30 well, are selectively single. That's not unusual. When I think back to, to you know my 20s, that mm-hmm. was not unusual for a lot of us to to be single and play in the field and getting to know people, you know. Uh, you know, it, and it's not like you got a whole lot well, there, of money. There's another study uh, in your that 20s. says
0: men usually age 10 years after women. So if they're 30 and under, that means they're like 20 in real life, as far as, you know, the maturity. Yeah. So maybe it just takes a little longer, but I mean, people are just, too, I don't think it, whether it's 30, 40, I mean, I met guys in their 60s and they're like, nah, now nah, I want to do it. So it's like, okay, well, let me move on and find somebody who is marriage or relationship material.
1: Well, I'm just saying for all the folks out there that say men don't know what they want. Well, 63% of them, they're very clear about what they want. <laughs> just saying
0: in augusta georgia that's where i used to live it seems like someone really wanted their biscuits at popeyes 50 old 50 year old belinda miller intentionally crashed her suv in the restaurant after not getting the biscuit she wanted in her order resulting in charges of felony aggravated assault and criminal damage to property the manager reported the incident with injuries to the sheriff's deputies and miller had made also uh, also made threats uh, to the staff beforehand. One employee narrowly avoided being hit by Miller's car during the crash and Miller fled the scene. She was later taken into custody after arrest warrants were issued. There's only like two Popeye's locations in Augusta, Georgia. I spent uh, a few years though. beautiful city. Hey, y'all. But let me tell you what happened to me last night. The home of James Brown? The home of James Brown. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you what happened last night because me and my husband had Popeye's last Uh night. I went to go pick it up. Uh, So a lady made an online order to pick up in the store. She came in, and it sounds like to me the order was closed out before she added her apple pie because she said she had a coupon for an apple pie. And she walked in there talking about, I need my apple pie. I, I walked into the to the to the restaurant because the drive-through was so long. I was like, let me get this 12-piece mixed, half spicy, half mild. Just by walking in, maybe I'll get it quicker than sitting in this drive-through line. And she was about to raise up, I was slowly backing up. I really wanted chicken that night last night, but she kind of calmed down. She was like, "It's only a two-dollar apple pie. It's fine." Walked out. Then she walked back in. She said, "Y'all didn't give me my sauce with the order." I was like, I started backing up again, but I I already paid my money. It was twenty-five dollars <laughs> for the chicken. People are just like impatient. People are just—they're rude. I think the folks behind the counter handled it well. It's only two and a half people working. You know, folks ain't coming back to work after the pandemic. So, a little patience, a little kindness. But I'm glad it was diffused. Old oh boy it was like, "Here, just—just just here, just take it all." And so that was the end of it. And I got my chicken.
1: War was about to break out at the it Popeyes. Was. I'm glad you weren't a casualty of that Me war. Me too.
0: And we got our chicken. Still ahead. Still ahead on the Black Report. Uh, we're joined by the one and only Lonnie Love, one of Detroit's finest. She's talking Black History Month, uh, staying on top of all, uh, staying on on top of all these years, and uh, staying on top of all these years. Uh, and what's next for her? You don't want to miss it. Like staying on top all these years, like like keeping it moving. Be in that chain, that's it. The Fox Souls Black Report, we continue to celebrate Black History Month, and we That's are right. excited to have you know. There's there's two natives on this couch, uh, and we're excited to have none other than. I feel like you need theme music. Like, <laughs> I just want to go like a Lonnie Love. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, girl. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I so you.
2: I am so happy to be here. So happy to have I you. I love the Black Report. You know, I watch y'all all the time Aww. in LA, three
0: o'clock. So. Yes, That's right. Three That's p.m. Right. Pacific, five mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern, and si- no five p.m. Central at 6 p.m. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Let's just start off by asking
2: what you're doing here in the D Girl back home. You know what? I always love coming back home, especially to help celebrate with brands that actually, you know, are doing things for our community. So I'm here with the Ford African Ancestry Network with Ford Motor Company. We're celebrating Black History, it's their 42nd annual Black History event. And um, we're celebrating local heroes um, like the first black uh, justice for the Michigan Supreme Court. A yep. sister. Yes, yep. yes, yep. a sister, Kayla yep. uh, Harris Bolden. Teach. And then we're also celebrating some wonderful women from Spelman College. Mm-hmm. It's called the Ford First Generation, and these are all women that are going to Spelman that, and this is their first time, like in their family, um, first generation of people going to yeah. college. So. We're celebrating that tonight, and it's always nice to come back and, and melt this ice. Y'all had a whoa, an ice whoa. storm in, in Detroit. So, whoa. you know, shout out, and it's just nice to be here. Oh, do
0: you miss the weather? Do you no, miss no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You
2: Me nor my wigs. <laughs> miss <laughs> I miss the weather. I know that's right.
1: Well, as a native California, you know, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm missing California. <laughs> but speaking of California, you know, this weekend is the NAACP Image Award. You yes. are an NAACP Image Award winner. You've hosted the NAACP yes. Image Award. In the past, what advice would you give to those historic first in the making oh. that are about to make history at this year's NAACP? Well, Image first
2: Awards? of all, it's very historic because this is the first time for entertainment of a year for the NAACP Image Award. They're all women. Mm-hmm. You have Viola Davis, mm-hmm. you have Quinta Bronson, you have uh, Zendaya, and you have I'm missing one more person, but they're all sisters and they're all deserving. Oh, Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. How can I forget my yeah, love? the queen. The queen. <laughs> the queen yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, and I'm really, um, I my advice would be to enjoy the moment, to enjoy the process. You know, for the NAACP awards, those are our black Oscars. Mm-hmm. Those are our black Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. So when things get overlooked, like when Viola Davis got overlooked for uh, an Oscar That's nomination, Taylor, for Taylor. the wonderful, right. wonderful right. movie, The Woman King, mm-hmm. well, you know what? You can come home because we're going to do it, it sure. at the NAACP. The AACP Awards, and you're going to get your flowers. Also, the President's Award is going to be really nice. Um, Dwayne Wade Mm -hmm. and and Gabrielle Union are being honored. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is why we have to have these type of moments, and it's wonderful to have it during the month of black history because it's important for us to show people that normally don't
0: get shine, Mm -hmm. they'll get their shine. You know. Lonnie, you've always been like the poster, the poster sister for unity, especially <laughs> amongst the sisters, because a lot of times we're either pitted against ourselves, yeah. uh, or we pit our, pit ourselves against ourselves, or we're pitted against ourselves. How do you exist in that space where because you've always been on some love, hint the name, <laughs> and then you've always been on some, there's enough room for everybody. And I Definitely. love the way you've handled the conflict. We've all seen, you know, the prior jobs <laughs> and, and what came with that. How have you been able to stay in that? space with Hollywood in particular being so competitive not a lot of roles especially for sisters how do you stay in that space well the way you handle
2: it is with grace Mm. and when you have grace and you understand then you can sit there and you can let things happen you have to also let the process play itself out Mm. Um, I think that you know sometimes we're so busy to want to react because we feel like I got to look a certain type of way or people are going to feel no 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 Let the process play itself out, but you have to give grace. Mm. This is a very hard industry. Mm. I mean, just you know what, last year, it was four different hosts. Now I'm coming, I'm like, wait, what happened to the (laughs) other one? That's how quickly things change, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the old hosts were bad or whatever. It's just a difference. It's a change, Mm. and everything happens with change. I tell anybody, whatever you are meant to do, you study it, you just keep driving, and you will get your break, and I believe in that but you also have to have grace especially in a very competitive field
1: and, mm. and speaking of grace you know let's talk about uh, the grace god's grace you <laughs> just had a health scare you had your oh, gallbladder yeah. removed yes uh, it was a big story in people magazine uh, sometimes we forget that health is wealth mm. you know uh, yep. you know we, we spend so much time sort of you know chasing the next opportunity and 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 chasing that check but mm-hmm. we forget to check in on ourselves let me tell y'all tell us a little
2: bit about your health <laughs> journey when i did that right yeah okay first of all i felt a little pain and i was like oh mm, this don't feel right and i got insurance so i said you know what Since <laughs> i got insurance let me go Let me to the doctor. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? That's That's no, important, no. And, and, and that's what I'm telling that's people. Right. I was like, I went to the emergency, and, you know, when they saw the insurance I had, they was like, come on. We, we.
0: <laughs> they yeah. gave you all yeah. the from A to Z.
2: Yeah, you know, because I was like, you know, I didn't know if it was my if it was my appendix or whatever. And so then the doctor told me, he said, well, it's actually your gallbladder. And a stone was passing, and that was causing the pain. And said, you know, and so he gave me a really good talk, and he said, you really don't need your gallbladder. We're gonna take it out. They wouldn't even let me out the hospital because I was like, "Ooh, this pain is hurting." And so, wh- I woke up instantly from my surgery, and I said, "I'm gonna make a video." I wasn't expecting it to be picked up because, mm. you know, I don't think, you know, you don't think like right. that. Yeah. My intention was to tell my people in my community. Mm-hmm get your blood work done, you know, go to the doctor. Even if you don't have insurance, go to a free clinic. Blood work tells a lot. It'll tell, it'll give you your numbers about your cholesterol, your high Mm -hmm. blood pressure. It'll tell you about your heart, your liver. And we're so busy sometimes, you know, putting booty in Jackson's and you know, doing all kinds of stuff that we don't do the basic things because in order for us to have a good quality of life, that was my only intention. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up, I was feeling good. And I just made a video saying that health is, well, you can't
0: do nothing if you sick. That's, that's true. Right. But that's the, that's the beauty of Lonnie Love. See, you, you think you're regular, but you're know <laughs> not. I'm regular you you're, from regu- you're regular, you're from Detroit, but you're not. And no, that's why I think people really clue in on you and they really come to you because they know it's real. And they know it comes from a regular filter and a regular perspective. But you ain't regular, girl. You're, <laughs> you're special, so sweet. And we are so glad that you yes. spent some time with us today. Happy Black <laughs> History yeah. Month. Happy Black History Month. yes. Go get all the Detroit favorites before you fall out of here. I am. Our
1: thanks to Lonnie Love for joining us right here on Foxhole's Black Report. We know we can catch you also on the red carpet because you're going to be hosting the red carpet for E! for the Oscars. For the Oscars. And
2: I have a new movie coming out called Binge to Death, so check it out. Yes, Lord.
1: Our thanks to you. We'll be right
0: back. Lonnie Love! Black Report! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Fox Hill's Black Report. Mattel has created a Barbie in the likeness of legendary aviator Bessie Coleman. It's all a part of their inspiring Women series.
1: That's right. The doll's release honors her birthday. That was on January 26th, as well as the start of Black History Month. Now, in the 1920s, very few Americans had even set foot in an airplane. But Bessie Coleman, also known as Queen Bessie, Mm -hmm. broke dual barriers of gender and race, becoming the first black and native American female pilot, and almost a hundred years after her tragic death in a plane accident in 1926, she's still inspiring generations. Mattel has added Coleman to the Barbie doll collection for their inspiring Women series, allowing young minds to explore Coleman's adventures for themselves.
0: Very nice. Now, Coleman joins other legends immortalized by Barbie, including Tina Turner, Madam C.J. Walker, Naomi Osaka, and Dr. Maya Angelou, one of your faves.
1: Yes, they are all simply the best.
0: Okay, you better (laughs) rock on. All right, make it work, make it work. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: I think this this is incredible. I mean, you know, we talked a lot about uh, uh, some of the women that are being celebrated on the quarter, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, another uh, 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 mentor, Mm -hmm. an inspiration to me, Mm -hmm. uh, Murray Murray's being celebrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we saw a famed uh, Afro-Latina uh, Cecilia be, de Cecilia, la Cruz. Yeah, Cecilia Cruz being yes. uh, celebrated as well. And so I think this is great. You know, it's great, great, you know, coming off of Black History Month, heading into Women's History Month, mm-hmm. you know, really celebrating, you know, these luminaries um, oh, and whose light a, still continues to shine bright.
0: And it's also a chance to do a deeper dive because, you know, you you just you I heard about Queen Bessie, uh, the aviator, you know, in passing, but never took um, a deeper dive. There was actually a plane crash and she survived. And you know, she just kept going and kept living out her. She dreams. had two plane crashes. Yeah. Now the second one of, in 26, she oh didn't survive. Gosh. But there was another plane crash. that she did survive. So she was just fearless. So I, I just pick up fearlessness. You know, you know, I, I just pick up a, a, a renegade. Mm-hmm. You know, a maverick. And so you know, for that for that strength, and and then for that dow to look so often often uh, uh, the authenticity of the dow, the way Mattel has been able had been able to you know exude that energy through that dow. It's great not only for the young girls who, who, who play, mm-hmm. you know, play with Barbies, but for the older adults who collect and just you know learn a little bit more about the history of, yeah. of what that particular Barbie represents.
1: And speaking of the history of, of what folks represent, I mean, Maya Angela, oh my goodness, mm. you know, uh, one of my sister friends who's watching, uh, Yemi Adebo Mary, uh, she... Uh, went to Wake Forest uh, and she was a student and a mentee of Dr. Angelo Uh, and you know it just has so many different stories and experiences uh, that uh, some of which she has shared. Uh, about just sort of being in that energy. Uh, I had a chance to meet Dr. Angela not once but twice and uh, she just felt like heaven on earth.
0: Yeah, she really does. I I hosted an event at the Smithsonian ADC and she was the guest and I was like
1: (gasps) incredible. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, time now to meet uh, Arlo Washington, the founder and CEO of People Trust Community Federal Credit Union, the first and only black owned financial institution in the entire state of Arkansas.
0: Mm, So here's a story. Back in 2009, when the last payday lending storefront in Little Rock closed for business, he realized that there was a need for financial services. So he started offering low-interest, small-dollar loans using funds that he set aside from his barber college.
1: And that effort eventually expanded into the People Trust Community Loan Fund, that later inspired him to start a credit union. Washington pushed through and became just one of the four new credit unions chartered
0: in the United States in 2022. Talking about, you know, like making—we just talked about mavericks and, yeah. and folks who are on the front lines of change and being the change. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, a successful entrepreneur, who, and he has a backstory to it. Just didn't automatically happen for him. There was a problem Process he went through to put himself yeah. in position to be able to to help his community and to go from pretty much you know lending money you know in the in the hood to uh for real chartered uh credit union is is an amazing feat i mean do you all and know how be hard yeah
1: how hard it is to start any bank mm-hmm. uh let alone a credit union i mean you know this has got to be federally backed you That's know, right. fdic insured all That's of that right. you know and so you know Paperwork is daunting for anybody who's that's starting right. a, a business. Uh, but I couldn't imagine just the mounds of paperwork and the regulations that folks have to wait through in order to, to, to launch a credit union. And so I think just I think it's absolutely incredible. And think about the legacy, mm-hmm. the legacy that he gets to pass on to his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, you know, that's the thing that yeah. black excellence is made of. Yeah, this just, it's that grit. It's that determination.
0: This ain't the hood sweet daddy's uh, credit union. This is a for real, <laughs> for real That's for a, real that's sweet a different kind of credit. Credit we remember union. from uh, good times when everybody need to borrow money. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, co-founders of the Global Children's Financial Literacy, speaking of Money Foundation, along with uh, Navy veterans, uh, author Prince Dykes and Shadrick Davis have launched a kids book club that awards $40,000 worth of stocks and books.
1: That's right. This nonprofit strives towards providing education and solutions for children's financial literacy, believing that everyone Mm -hmm. should invest into children at the youngest age possible, as children are uh, quote, the future of the the world, right? right. I think it was uh, uh, Nippy uh, that said, teach them well and let them lead the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And they need to be exposed to investing and credit and insurance uh, as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, so the Global Children's Financial Literacy Foundation also regularly collaborates with local schools, parents, uh, and businesses and youth organizations to help bring a dramatic improvement in the grassroots across America when it comes to educating our young people very early on because I can remember, you know, getting an offer for a credit card. I was a freshman in college, thought I was wrong. You, too? Was it, it Chase? was it was, I don't know. It was for, f- <laughs> I don't know, you ain't going to put, you ain't going to have them looking for okay. me. It was for $500. <laughs> I thought I was doing something, and it wasn't until after I messed it up when my dad was like, see,
1: see, uh-huh. you know,
0: I done told you. You know, did he you, make you pay he, it
1: or did he take care of it?
0: I don't know who made me pay it. Uh-huh. If it ever, <laughs> ever oh, okay. got let, let me not, let
1: me not give no, you up. Let me he, not give you he up. He did
0: not rescue me in that sense. Uh-huh. You know, so but if I had a better understanding. Yeah. And, if, and it was crazy because it was just me being fast and trying to be grown because my dad was an entrepreneur. He, yeah. you know, he knew how to he knew he knew that financial structure and what I was just trying to be grown and mess that thing up. Mm-hmm. And if I had to just you know, t- or maybe if something was just, like, put in front of me more so, uh, you know, by, before the credit card application got to me, maybe I would have handled that much better. But that was my first lesson. You know, Talk I mean, about what, eighteen, nineteen?
1: Financial literacy matters, yeah. you know, and, and we don't get enough of it, and, and we need a whole lot more of it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, folks don't have to take on any unnecessary credit card debt or student loan debt, right? Or
0: put something in
1: your child's (laughs) name. Have them sign sign the contract with a crayon. Yeah,
0: you're two years (laughs) old with a a cable bill.
1: Don't make no sense. All right, well, uh, it's time. It's time now to highlight the advancements and accomplishments within our culture.
0: Yep, time now for Today in Black History. So on this day in 1977, professional boxer and boxing promoter Floyd Mayweather Jr. was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's about two hours west of Detroit. Mayweather comes from a family of boxers, including his dad, his uncles, uh, Roger Mayweather and uh, Jeff Mayweather. After high school, uh, Mayweather began his amateur boxing career, and by 1992, he had a record of 80 wins eight losses but retired in 2017 uh, with a perfect 50 and 0 record he is still the man all righty still ahead rihanna has something planned for her fans and it's not an album
1: that's right when we come back we'll tell you what's next following her huge super bowl performance come on Ri. we'll be right back <laughs> Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report, the place for our news, our views, and our voice. So next up, after dominating at the Super Bowl earlier this month, Rihanna is taking the stage once again.
0: This time at the Academy Awards. She's set to sing Lift Me Up. From Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The song is nominated for Best Original Song, which happens to be Rihanna's first Oscar nomination. The Academy Awards are coming up uh, March 12th, which isn't too far from now, singing, so we're in the last days of February already. There's been a lot of mixed reviews, you know, on this song. I think some people were being very gentle because, you know, Rihanna hasn't been out with music in a while. uh, And some people are just diehard Rihanna fans, so, you know, she could probably sing a baby lullaby and it'd be a hit for, for, <laughs> for the Navy, but for some people, they were like, hmm, mm, not so much feel in this one.
1: So can I let you in on a joke? Hmm. So when I first read this story and I read that she was singing Lift Me Up, I thought, oh my goodness, this is major. This is so big. I said, Rihanna's gonna sing a gospel song oh. at the Academy Awards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't realize it was.
1: I didn't re- realize it yeah. was the Black Panther. Yeah. Lift me up.
0: I just feel like the song just stays right. Lift him up. here, and really doesn't go anywhere else. But I think for the moment, especially when you when you add in such the heavy loss and and all the emotion surrounding the sequel, I think it works. But if, as far as just a standalone song. It stays right I, think, I, th- I think you are such
1: a musician. I think you hear it differently, right? Yeah. I, I, I think you, you, you're able to zero in on some of the technical stuff. You know, I didn't for, hear a
0: climax. Normally, you know, but you... For, th- but, that- but for
1: those of us that are less technical, you know, mm.
0: we're just like, okay, that's, that's a bop. This is a bop. Lift Me Up by Rihanna is a bop? It's a bop. Moving on. Matthew <laughs> Griffith, also known as Stanky Leg. This is real serious here. Uh, the rapper, uh, Old Boy Prince was struck in the face by an 18-wheelers brake pad. Could you imagine while driving in the far left lane of a freeway in Dallas, Fort Worth? uh, This was back on January the 6th. In a recent interview, he says the brake pad just flew off the truck and hit his car windshield, dashboard, and then his face before landing Mm -hmm. in their son's car seat, uh, in the back seat. Griffith had to undergo three surgeries to reconstruct his face and mouth and has been recovering since the accident there. Is a GoFundMe page that was set up, uh, which raised almost uh, $1,500 for the rapper's recovery. What a scary moment! We we talk about you know highway safety, and we talk about you know you know trucks and truck tractor trailers. You know get a bad rap with you know maintenance and, and safety. But for something so freakish to happen yeah. like this, and just imagine, if it sounds like it it, it bounced off a couple of different objects mm-hmm. before it unfortunately landed on his face. Could you imagine a more of a direct hit? Mm-hmm. He may not have, have survived that. So we're glad that, that he's here. We're glad that he's on the mend. And when I first read it, I was like, what are the chances, yeah. what ma- are the chances? It, it
1: made me think of almost like a scene from the movie Final Destination. It, that's how much of a freak accident it was. I think I, I checked a couple of different sources to make sure it wasn't like fake news or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, it's real news, and it's, it's yeah. really um, absolutely terrible. It reminds me of a, a friend of my mom's uh, who... Uh, was on the freeway and something had flown off a truck Mm -hmm. and hit her windshield and, um, you know, she had to have a number of procedures of glass removed from her eye. And so, uh, it's just a reminder that uh, even just driving you know, Mm -hmm. on the freeway Mm -hmm. you know, um, has its own dangers. And big ups to that
0: community for pulling together and supporting them financially. You know, Stanky Leg is, is, is iconic, it's legendary. There's a dance that comes with that and so that song continues to live on even after, you know, the money may dry up. So, big ups to people, you know, tapping in and helping them out with with something that was so unfortunate and so unforeseen so and hopefully even more people the
1: will give to that gofundme account uh, moving along people magazine just released a list of 10 classic tv shows that celebrate black history month they describe these shows as trailblazing zeitgeist sitting and thought-provoking shows one of the first shows on the list is Julia, a little bit before my time, but it starred Diane Carroll as a black woman in a non-servant uh, role. Uh, there's also Sanford and Son, which features a predominantly black cast, mm-hmm. hat tip to Red Fox. Uh, they were also recognized for their breakthrough work on network television. Other shows on the list include The Jeffersons and mm-hmm. The Cosby Show, A Different World, Martin, and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. These shows are being praised for their casting, their themes, and writing. And might I add, you know, for the diversity both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Yeah,
0: Julia was a little bit before me, but I can go way back to The Jeffersons. It yeah. came on Sunday night, either 9 or 9.30, because my, my dad loved The Jeffersons. Yeah. He really connected with George Jefferson as a, as a fellow entrepreneur himself and coming from from, from nothing and, and building something. And so I got to watch The Jeffersons every Sunday night before bed. Um, if and, I, if
1: my hair out, I would look like George Jefferson. Not really. You know, um, I'm, I'm talking about the way my hair pattern grows. I'd okay. be an afro on the side. <gasps> oh, i look right. like George Jefferson. Okay, I'll give yes. you that.
0: I'll give you that. But I know as a kid, I was amazed that they were able to say the N-word. Because well, I I remember George Jefferson saying the N-word on television. This is back in, what, the early to mid-70s? And and even as a kid, a young kid in single digits, I knew Mm -hmm. that that was wild. Uh, You know, fast forward to to today and us talking about how revolutionary these TV shows were, it, it makes a little bit more sense of how radical really radical that was yeah. and how these shows really moved the culture
1: and we haven't had you know a lot of TV shows on television quite like that since mm-hmm. I mean you know I think blackish sort of comes close and there's yeah. sort of notes of that but uh, you're right these were trailblazing shows they and were hit uh, TV shows and 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 we wouldn't have uh, the sitcoms that we currently have uh, right now mm-hmm. had it not been for these shows I
0: agree with that good shows good yeah. s- and, and 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 they continue to live on whether it be online or some channel that runs them uh, in syndication. So it's good from generation to generation they still get to see some of that blackness.
1: Claire Huxable never gets old.
0: Ever. All right, getting ready to rock out at the Roots Picnic Music Festival 2023. This year's lineup is led by Miss Lauren Hill. And yes, she will be on time. (laughs) Diddy and the Roots alongside Dave Chappelle. Y'all better leave. Sister Lauren alone. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert will be there as well. Other cool acts include Ari Lennox. I love her. Her real name is Courtney. Uh, City Girls, I love them too. Maverick City Music, great gospel artist. During the festival, Lauren Hill will celebrate the 25th anniversary of her debut album, The Miss Education of Lauren Hill. And uh, it's not just music, there will also be some uh, podcast personalities there as well. Tickets for both the pre show and the festival are available now on the Roots Picnic website. And the Roots, they have just like transcended everything that. You thought the roots were, is. You know, they are just those dudes. I watch them pretty much every night on, 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 on the Tonight Show because yeah. just I love their artistry. I love their movement. I love how they, you know, represent the culture and how they've each individually and collectively mm-hmm. evolved. They bring this wonderful, wonderful event together, and it, it sounds like it's going to be a good
1: one. Look, run, don't walk to get your tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think this is going to be an extraordinary lineup, mm-hmm. and, you know... Th- I'm thinking of The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Mm-hmm. That album, we wore that album out when mm. I was in high school. My friend, one of my best friends, Jazz, is watching, uh, and he will attest to uh, uh, how much we wore that album out. And yeah. so I can't yeah. believe it's been 25 years yeah. uh, since The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. The album was so great. I think the only other album she's done since then is that Unplugged, the in- MTV mm-hmm. Unplugged album. And mm-hmm.
0: so, But uh, all of those albums right there in that sweet spot were, were fantastic. I know Jill Scott got robbed. By the pandemic, because uh, her debut album turned 20 in in uh, the year 20, I think it came out in 2000. Yeah. Um, but but now you got Erica Badu's album, 20 mm-hmm. 20 20 years plus. Mary J's album, 20 years, so it's going on 30. Yeah. You got uh, Lawrence. album. So that sweet spot of music, D'Angelo, is just That's amazing. A sort of Right. Period. So look back yeah. and say that this was 20, 25, 30 years ago. It's amazing because for me. The 90s was just 10 years ago still, for me. <laughs> it's just amazing to believe how, how old, but how vintage and classic yeah. and iconic these albums have become. And, and, and
1: I think that's part of what makes this concert so exciting. Yeah. It features so many acts that have, they have aged well and their work has aged well over time, mm-hmm. right? And so that's part of the reason why we don't feel all that old, you know, because, well, you know, if that music can age well with time, so can we.
0: Well, it gets greater later. Let me just tell you that. Turn, <laughs> turn 50 plus and see what happens. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh.
1: Okay, we got to go. I'm, gonna, I'm up on the Black
0: Report. Trouble. We're celebrating Black Excellent. our favorite time of the show. We'll tell you all about how one young chef is cooking up change in our community and making history at the same mm. time. Foxo's Black Report is on the way. Will you look at that? Will you look at that? I'm hungry. Yeah, man.
1: (laughs) Charlie Mitchell is the first black chef to win the prestigious michelin's young chef award in new york city
0: that's pretty big the detroit Na- all honest detroit love today the detroit native is the executive chef of the michelin starred clover hill restaurant that's in brooklyn heights he dropped out of culinary school check this uh, preferring to perfect his craft on the job working at top-notch restaurants
1: that's right mitchell says a lot of times we're chasing a very different american dream when uh, uh, then it, then uh, to kind of put up these aggressive environments, uh, they're often led by people who, who don't look like, look like us. And he's also a finalist for a James Beard Emerging Chef
0: Award. Congratulations to him. All right. So let's move on to twin sisters who are named Valedictorian and Salutatorian. Two and two. We're still in New York here at a high school there, taking the number one and number two spot at the West Hempstead Secondary School this year with a I don't understand this. A one, 105.3 and one oh four point nine GPA. What the hell is that? Finishing in top in the top five of their class. I never heard I of mean, those if you, GPAs. I would before imagine in my you're life. like the
1: top, like beyond the beyond top five, like the top top, top top top. Right. Gloria and Victoria uh, Guerreri uh, are twins, and they do everything together, including being named valedictorian and salutatorian. Year after year, they've chosen the most rigorous advanced courses available, never earning lower than a perfect 100%. On their transcripts? That's what?
0: amazing. All right. So these fraternal twins have always been super competitive with each other, uh, as they are also accomplished track and field athletes.
1: It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. Hat tip to them. Well, That's right. Uh, Atlanta has been one of America's most popular cities for decades. Now the ATL is home to the most
0: black-owned businesses in the nation. Like no surprise here, reports say among the 50 metro cities in America with the most black-owned businesses, Atlanta had the highest percentage with 7.4%. LendingTree officials say we, quote, tend to glamorize entrepreneurship, but the truth is that it is often grueling all-consuming work. That's the end of that quote. Truth there. Now, there are many organizations like the Black Business Association, U.S. Black Chambers, and the Small Business Administration that have resources to help uh, soulmates with building business plans, training, promotion, networking, and building capital so you are not on your own, although uh, we've talked plenty of times about the challenges mm-hmm. of being a black business owner, namely the fact that you just can't get access to the money you need That's to, the to start it up of it maintain it that's the it's the yeah. big part of
1: it that's the big hurdle that so many black businesses have to jump over, it's access to capital, right? Mm-hmm. And so helping me with my business plan, helping me, you know, with training and, and, and all of that, that's great. Those are important building blocks, but let's not forget one of the most important building blocks of all, access to capital. Yep. That's going to allow you to invest in your business. It's going to mm-hmm. allow us to invest in employees. And it's going to allow us to invest in that research and development that helps us to perfect uh, whatever uh, product or service we're offering.
0: My dad was a, a business owner. Owner, all his life, his, in my opinion, his life was cut cut a little short. He was only 52 when he passed, but he owned his own business that whole time. And when he wasn't able to get access to cash because it was my summer job, he was able to go to neighboring communities, whether, you know, if it wasn't another brother who had a little access to capital. I remember he had a very good business partner who was of the Arabic uh, community. So he was able to circumvent the banks who wouldn't believe in his dream or wouldn't believe in his vision. And then when he became able-bodied, he made sure that he continued to reach out and he was able to finance other people's visions and dreams. And still to this day, they'll catch my last name and they are like, was your dad Jefferson Hicks? And I go, yeah, he gave me my first job or oh, he wow. helped me start this to help me start that. So, you know, yeah, I, there's definitely some discrimination when it comes to, to gaining hold of this capital that we need, this money that we need. But You know, you got sometimes just as black folks, folks of color, we we get very creative and find other ways to uh, finance that, other streams of, of, of money to finance that legally. <laughs> so it's right. you know, there, there's a story of, of hope there and encouragement there is that we've always been very resilient and mm-hmm. we have just always found a way. Yeah, yeah, making a way out of no way. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, today's uh, Foxhole Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks and I'm the
1: Cordelia Corte. Have a lovely weekend and don't forget, stay lifted.